My name is Professor Prue Morgan, and today I'm presenting our recent publication titled Community-Based Physical Activity Interventions for Adolescents and Adults with Complex Cerebral Palsy, a scoping review. I'd like to acknowledge the contribution of my co-authors, Stacey Cleary, Ian Dusha, Keegan Bowe, and Professor Nora Shields. We know that those with more complex cerebral palsy are at high risk of chronic health conditions that could be prevented by increased physical activity. Adults with disability, however, often express a desire to move away from engaging with therapy interventions in a clinical environment. However, their therapists, family members, and even people with cerebral palsy themselves may express concern about participation in physical activity due to fear of pain, fatigue, or unspecified risk. So this scoping review aimed to identify implementation strategies and safety outcomes or adverse events of community-based physical activity interventions for adolescents and adults with complex cerebral palsy. We systematically searched five electronic databases until April 2022 and extracted data on the implementation and safety of physical activity interventions for adolescents and adults with cerebral palsy with a mean age of 10 years or above, GMFCS levels 4 and 5 that were delivered in a community setting, that is, not within a health or research facility. We were interested in any programs that could be delivered by therapists, family members or teachers. That is, the focus was not on the qualifications of the supervisor, but on the intervention itself. Physical activity interventions may have included any program that was designed to progressively improve any aspect of physical function, with a measure of physical activity or physical fitness included as an outcome. Of the 3,419 items that were screened, we identified 17 studies that met our inclusion criteria. And these studies encompassed 262 different participants with cerebral palsy of whom 160 were identified at GMFCS level 4 or 5. In 11 studies, the mean age was less than 18 years, and in five studies, the mean age was in middle adulthood. Interventions were most commonly delivered in school settings or within people's homes. However, Programs within swimming pools, indoor track and field, or other community settings were also identified. Most common intervention described was some sort of adapted cycling. However, programs also included treadmill, swimming, weights activities, dance, and other interventions. The median intervention duration was 10 weeks, the median weekly schedule, three times a week, and the mean session duration was 30 minutes. But overall, attendance was high, 
and attrition was low. A range of safety strategies were described, such as pre-exercise screening, use of adapted equipment, familiarisation sessions, supervision or physical assistance, and either pre, during or after physiological monitoring. A number of non-serious, expected and related events were described in nine studies, such as skin chafing or irritation from harnesses. Minor soreness and minor fatigue were also described in four studies. However, serious adverse events that were related to exercise were infrequent, accounting for less than 2% of all participants. Three participants did withdraw from an exercise program and one participant did cease exercising for a short period. Most frequently reported was pain that required temporary exercise cessation or program change or study withdrawal. We believe that these findings do endorse the capacity for people with more complex cerebral palsy to choose and safely participate in community-based physical activity. In all studies, supervision and or physical assistance was a component of the intervention. The overall risk that's associated with exercises may be reduced through supervision, but the opportunity to take reasonable risks should not be precluded through exclusion. The main limitation from our review was that adolescents and adults who had additional cognitive and communication impairments were frequently excluded from trials of physical activity interventions, which does limit our findings to the broader population of people who have additional complexity. In conclusion, among previously sedentary adolescents and adults with cerebral palsy with significant motor impairment, progressive physical activity can be performed in community settings with supervision, without excessive post-exercise pain or fatigue or serious adverse events. We believe that the known health benefits of physical activity including limiting the development and progression of secondary multi-system disease, outweighs the small risk of adverse outcomes in this group. <laughs>